obvious that uh, Chris Finch got quite a bump out of coming on the John Krasinski show at Head Flyer Brewing. I mean, now he's the Western Conference all-star coach. And uh, there's a great stat out there. I know, John, you've, you've referenced it. With that big victory at L.A. against the Clippers, Timberwolves are one of the only one of 778 teams to win consecutive games by 20-plus points on the road against teams that are 15 games above 500. This is one of the greatest weeks in Timberwolves history, and I just don't know if any of it happens if, if we don't invite Chris out for a beer. That's exactly right. There's no doubt that everything started for him and for the team at Headflyer. Because remember, that was on a Saturday. On Friday, they lost to the Orlando Magic. Yep. And it was really disappointing. They kind needed of us. We blowing out. So he comes in. He gets the he gets the bump from the crowd, which I really do think gave him a little bit of a perspective after he was kind of not feeling great about it. Walks out of there feeling good, and then they go on this roll. We're gonna totally disregard that little Chicago mess that happened. Um, that was a fluke. That that was not it. It was clearly now Head Flyer and the John Krasinski show has Chris Finch going in the right direction, has the Timberwolves going in the right direction with dominant wins at Milwaukee and LA. There's just no other possible conclusion that can be reached than it's all our fault in a good way. Yes, absolutely. Uh, seriously, a lot of good stuff to get to in this show. This is the John Krasinski show. This is our basketball show at talknorth.com. Best way to listen to this show or any show you like at the network, including the uh, Viking Update show, which I highly recommend. Subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. We're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studios. I want to thank our sponsors, Defined Destinations, TSR Injury Law, Head Flyer Brewing, and Shepherd Goods and Lamb Chops Clothing Line. We'll tell you more about all of them later. Brandon Morton is our producer. And again, you can find all the shows and all the archives of shows if you want to go back and listen to Chris Finch uh, at Head Flyer. He was great. Uh, you can just find everything at talknorth.com. Uh, and we appreciate you listening. Thank you. So put... Put this week and this victory in perspective because, you know, I went into that Clippers game thinking, okay, you know, if the Wolves are healthy, they do match up well with Clippers. They can defend on the perimeter. They can defend wings. Uh, when Jaden McDaniels, you know, was cleared to play, I thought, okay, they have a reasonable chance to win this. I didn't expect them to just bludgeon the Clippers, though, and that's what they did. They beat them up. Yeah, it, it, I think it was a big test that we did want to see how – the Wolves would stack up because the Clippers have rightfully so become one of the favorites in the Western Conference with how they have played really over the last two months. Going into this game, I believe there were 26 and seven. They were just, everything was going well for them on both sides of the ball. Paul George, James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, everything was working and they have rocketed up the Western Conference standings and they were in second place right behind the Timberwolves when the Wolves were going into LA. And, and so you're kind of looking at this as a real kind of litmus test game for where the Wolves were because they have been sort of stumbling through the end of January. And, and even with the Chicago game, it, it just, it did not look like they had the same type of intensity, the same type of focus and precision that the Wolves did have earlier in the season to get, to the top of the West and, and build a, a lead in the conference. Well, what we saw in LA on Monday night was the wolves of the first, you know, 30 games of the season, the, the team that came out and was just imposing its will on its opponent. 
And um, and I think you look at the defensive toughness that they showed. You looked at what Jaden McDaniels did um, individually, defensively against Kawhi Leonard, against Paul George. And then um, also, Jim, the ability of the Wolves to stay big against a team that wanted to go small and spread them out and and try and shoot them off the floor. The Wolves just use their size to their advantage as well as they have in any game this season. And so they walk out of this game, I believe, with a ton of confidence, with a ton of swagger kind of back with them in terms of where they measure up in the Western Conference and their ability to compete against the very best teams in this on, on this side of the ledger. No doubt about it. And some of the more impressive things I saw were, number one, that, that's a team with Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, James Harden, three people who are very difficult to guard. Kawhi Leonard, when healthy, one of the best players in the game. Uh, James Harden, an impossible cover because the way he draws fouls and shoot the three. And they really harassed all three into bad shooting nights and didn't let them, you know, other than a couple of quiet dunks when the uh, Wolves defense let down a little bit in the second quarter, I mean, they just didn't let them have anything easy. I, I, Kawhi Leonard did not look comfortable, and I'm not used to seeing a healthy Kawhi Leonard look uncomfortable. Yeah, he's been fantastic all of this season, and this has been much more like the Kawhi Leonard that carried Toronto to a championship. That's how good he has been. but. What Jaden McDaniels did to him on Monday night was breathtaking. I mean, there was that one play where he's going to the to the rim and ready to dunk it, and Jaden blocked him from behind. And 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 those kinds of plays just made things really, really difficult for Kawhi. And I think, you know, that's why I have been bullish on a Wolves Clippers matchup all season long. And there's been other people are like, Oh no, these are the guys that you want to avoid. I don't, I'm not as concerned about them for the Timberwolves because you have Jaden McDaniels, you have Anthony Edwards, you have Nikhil Alexander Walker, Kyle Anderson, guys who want to guard you in isolation. The Clippers want to play a slow game. They want to uh, isolate in the half court, use their talent to, hunt matchups that are favorable to them and exploit them. It's very hard to do that with the amount of perimeter defenders that the Wolves can throw out there and with Rudy Gobert sitting back at the rim. It's just not an easy route for the Clippers to take. And so, you know, um, they've lost six games of their last 33. Two of them are to the Timberwolves. And, and it's because of just the matchups and it's because that these guys get up for this game. They want to kind of prove themselves and show their medal against Leonard, against George, against Harden, big, big names that kind of bring out the best in the Timberwolves defenders. And you saw the best of it in that game on Monday night. I mean, you know, it was Paul George was five for 16. The Clippers as a team shot 41%, 32% from three. And yes, some of that was an off night shooting, but a lot of it was just that they were contested shots, that this was hard work for the Clippers. And, and so they just had a really hard time with it, especially in that second half, just getting bum rushed. And uh, in that third quarter, it was, it was one of the more impressive efforts the Wolves have put forth all season. No doubt. And I thought Jaden McDaniels uh, being cleared to play and then playing with the 
enthusiasm he did on defense. I mean, that you know, there are a lot of different factors in this victory, but Jaden McDaniels looking like he was eager to cover some of those guys. I thought that was a, a big thing for this team. A huge thing, Jim. Uh, one of the things that we'll get into at the end of the at the end of this podcast, there's a question from SG uh, with our SG Lamb Chops beanie giveaway that I'll, I'll get more into it. But um, Jaden fluctuates um, in when it comes to the level of competition. And we saw last night a locked in Jaden McDaniels. And that just makes a huge, huge difference for this team. Uh, and then not only, you know, defensively, but he was five of eight from the field. He hit a three. Um, you know, he just plays great in t- his best games against it's against the best opponents. And so um, his his influence on the game was enormous. And then I thought Rudy was just fantastic um you know against a team that is designed to make it very difficult for him he was the one making it difficult for them I thought that was just a huge huge thing uh no doubt about it and you know I'm not surprised they won and I did a lot of radio hits on Monday and I said hey if McDaniels is healthy I wouldn't be surprised and win this game I'm very surprised they won going away while getting a one for 11 three point shooting night from Edwards. Uh, he did not have his shot. The starters go four for 23 from three. That it surprises me how easily they won without getting easy points. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing that Timberwolves fans can look to if, in terms of um, trying to find hope for this offense, right? We've, we've talked all season long about the Timberwolves needing to pick up their offensive efficiency to help to to match what they're bringing defensively get it up in the top 15 get it up in the top 10 if you really want to make a huge you know, a deep run in the playoffs you have to get more efficiency out of your offense um one of the reasons that the Timberwolves we're kind of struggling earlier in the season offensively is that when Anthony Edwards either had an off night or was sitting um, and resting, the Wolves offense just completely fell apart. And that was not the case against the Clippers last night in terms of, you know, Edwards was really good in the third quarter, getting to the basket, getting free throws and, um, and, and kind of using his force and his, his uh his physicality to change the rules of engagement in that game but he was one for 11 from the from the three-point line he was not locked in and did not have one of those you know crazy shooting nights that he is capable of having and yet the Timberwolves still produced 121 points they still shot 54 percent from the field they only turned the ball over 13 times so you you saw another route that the Wolves can take to great offense when it's not carried by Anthony Edwards. And I think that's really significant for their you know, kind of their future and, and, and how they're going to have to win games, not only down the stretch here as they jockey for seeding, but also in the playoffs when teams game plan around it. What you saw last night from the Clippers was they were doubling Anthony Edwards a lot, trying to get the ball out of his hands, figuring that if they got the ball out of his hands or they created turnovers from Ant with those aggressive double teams, that 
um, it would be the way to short circuit the Timberwolves offense. Instead, what Anthony did was pass the ball, made the simple play. He had eight assists, one turnover in the game. In the last two games against the Clippers and the Bucks, 17 assists, one turnover. That's if 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 Anthony Edwards is playing with that kind of care and that kind of discipline, I don't know how you beat the Timberwolves, not in a seven game series, because it opponents have feasted on the mistakes of Edwards and Towns in the in the offense on the offensive end. And and that's how they get their points generated in transition against this defense. And so when Anthony Edwards is taking care of the ball the way that he did and making the right play and being patient the way that he was, it just opens everything else up. Cat is eight for 12 and uh, 24 points. Um, you know, uh, Rudy, 17 points, uh, six for 10 from the from the field. You have um, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Like, they're, they're, Nas Reed got going. So they have other weapons that once Ant is not ISO, 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 dribble, 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 and gets everyone else involved, they're really tough to cover. And I thought that was just a, a, re- a revelation last night to see him to see him do that in a big game against a very good defensive team. All right, next, let's talk Monty Morris, maybe another Morris, uh, whether being the Clippers these days improves perception around the league. Uh, let's talk about Amir Coffey and which of the other contenders is really the biggest threat to uh, taking the number one seed away from the Timberwolves. Right now, though, John, tell us about your trip. Uh, tell about tell us about Define Destinations. Super excited about this trip, Jim. We, with, we're partnering with Define Destinations to go to Spain August 22nd through 29th. We're going to go to Madrid and Barcelona. Three days in, in Madrid, three days in Barcelona. We have four-star hotels in the heart of both cities. We have local guided tours that are going to take us to museums, that are going to take us into on um, tapas and sangria food tours. Uh, we're going to see all sorts of different amazing sites. We're going to have, we'll have a couple of dinners together if you sign up at Define Destinations for the John Krasinski uh, Spain trip. And so we'll have some fellowship. We'll talk some Timberwolves. We'll talk some Vikings um, in, you know, some, one of the, two of the most exotic uh, cities in the world. And here's the other really cool thing about a trip like this. There is going to be plenty of downtime for yourselves as well. If you want to bring a significant other, if you want to bring a family member, you want to bring friends and you want to go and do and go off and do your own exploring. That's all good as well. These trips are designed for us just to have kind of a skeleton of uh, of a plan with plenty of options if you don't feel comfortable or if you just want local expert help to really see the best sites and, and have a great time. Or if you just want to go out on your own and, and, and enjoy Spain the way that you can, um, do it. And, and these trips, the airfare is covered, the hotels are covered. Um, so much of the trip and, and the organize, organizing and the planning of it is covered. And so I hope you sign up. It would be wonderful to have you along with going to Madrid and Barcelona. DefineDestinations.com is where you go to find more information. Sign up and go with us, and let's have an unforgettable trip in Spain at the end of August. We want to thank Steve Terry and our longtime sponsor, TSR Injury Law. As Steve always says, all you really need to remember is 612-TSR-TIME. We hope you never need that number, but if you do need that number, if you need an injury lawyer, you want a good one, an ethical one, one that's going to win your case, 
The great thing about TSR Injury Law, they're so confident in their ability, they will not charge you unless they win your case because they win so many cases. 612-TSR-TIME. That's all you need to know. John, tell us more about Headflyer Brewing. Headflyer Brewing, Northeast Minneapolis. A lot of you were out there just a a couple of weeks ago, less than two weeks ago for my birthday um, show that we had with Chris Finch. And I think everyone had an awesome time. It's a great tap room, great beers, great seltzers, any kind of uh, drink that you can imagine that way. They have you covered. Uh, And you can bring your dog, hang out with your family, uh, play some games uh, in, in their wide open tap room sit out uh, in, in the front and at the fire pits and, and enjoy a, a cooler winter evening with a couple of beers. They have food trucks there all the time. Neil, Nate, Megan, all the folks at, at Headflyer are great people just to be around. And they want to be a destination for Timberwolves games, for wild games um, at night, on the weekends, uh, during the week. Go in, watch a couple of games there on their flat screen TVs enjoy the relaxed environment and enjoy a local brewery that is very supportive of this show and of uh, local Minnesota sports in general. So head flyer brewing Northeast Minneapolis, tell them the John Krasinski show sent you. Well, so I want to welcome one of our newer sponsors at TalkNorth.com, shepherd goods and lamb chops clothing line. Shepherd goods, lamb chops clothing. You have seen Jordan die at courtside um, at Timberwolves games. He always has colorful hair, um, he is always very animated. Sometimes he's getting warnings from referees about um, talking a little bit too much to other uh, opponents um, and trying to get in their heads. I think they've been a little overzealous in warning him a little bit, but that's just me. Um, they have unbelievable, comfortable clothing that they make at Shepherd Good and Lamb Chops. Go to sglambchops.com to check it all out. They have uh, sweatpants. They have hoodies. They have beanies. They have real high quality, super comfortable and affordable um, uh, clothing for for you. So um, I would highly recommend it. I wear a lot of it. One thing to keep in mind this upcoming weekend for All-Star Weekend, they have an All-Star watch party and a pop-up shop uh, coming. So you can go to SG Lamb Chops at SG Lamb Chops on Twitter or X. Also, you can find it um, on Instagram and sglambchops.com for all the information for their pop-up shop at Nolo's and Basement Bar on Saturday from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. Free entry for all. Go in, check out some c- cool clothes, and and hang out and watch some of the dunk contest, three-point contest, skills competition uh, with SG Lamb Chops, uh, Shepherd Goods, and Lamb Chops clothing. Some of us thought they oh, might... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. One more thing for, for yes. everyone. There's a promo code. If you go online to, to the store at sglambchops.com, use the promo code JohnK20, J-O-N-K-20, and you can get 20% off your purchase at sglambchops.com. Excellent. All right. Thanks to all of our sponsors. Hey, uh, you know, that's how our business works. We, we have advertisers. So we really appreciate if you spend your money with our advertisers, uh, take them seriously. Uh, they're the reason we get to continue to, to do these shows and, and put them out for everybody. And this show has become one of the most popular shows at TalkNorth.com. So thanks to John. Thanks to everyone who listens. And thanks to our sponsors. So how many Morrises are they going to end up adding? They add Monte Morris. There's a rumor that Marcus Morris might want to play for the Timberwolves. First takes through the Monte Morris acquisition. Uh, I like it because I, I wanted them to get it. 
a Tyus Jones type if they couldn't get Tyus Jones. And man, he profiles very similarly. He can shoot it. He can handle it. Uh, he plays defense. Uh, good personality. Seems like a really good ad. Yeah, it, I think you you hit the nail on the head, Jim, in terms of he's as close to Mike Conley or Tyus Jones without being Mike Conley or Tyus Jones in that he's a 39% three-point shooter, so he can knock down shots reliably. Jordan McLaughlin really shot the ball well recently, but I think that there's a little bit of a wonder about is that sustainable? Um, and and Mark uh, Monte Morris has been a 39% three-point shooter for his entire career. So uh, I think that there's a little bit more trust that he can be a volume three-point shooter and a, and a threat in that spot from a shooting standpoint. He also, like Tyus Jones and Mike Conley, is an ultra-low turnover guy. He does not turn the ball over ever, really. Always one of the best assist-to-turnover ratios in the entire league. When he was a senior at Iowa State, he set a national record for assist-to-turnover ratio. This guy takes care of the ball, and on a team that loves to turn the ball over, having another guy who is elite as a as a uh, assist guy and a turnover and a low turnover guy is exactly what they need. So he comes in. He will probably take a little bit of time to ramp up. He played some uh, some minutes against the Clippers and looked looked solid, but um, he had missed the first forty three games of the season with Detroit with the quad injury. And so I think he's still working his way back into shape. Um, And that's going to be a process. He told us uh, last weekend that he is going to stay in Minnesota during the all-star break just to continue to work on his conditioning and get, get himself settled and, 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 and back up to speed that way, because the wolves have eight sets of back-to-backs, including one. And we're recording this on Tuesday morning. They play Tuesday night in Portland. Um, over the last 30 games. And so they're going to need Monte Morris to play big minutes, to spell Mike Conley, to help out and just run the team. He's a little bigger than Jordan McLaughlin as well. Uh, Like you said, Jim, um, very much a team-oriented guy, very popular in in every locker room that he's been in. So Tim Conley knows him well from having drafted him in Denver. And so there's just a lot of familiarity there, and it makes a lot of sense. So I think it was a really good trade by Tim Conley because he gave up two players, Troy Brown and Shake Milton, who were not playing, and he's bringing in one player that is going to be playing um, and playing a pretty significant role for this team going forward. No doubt about it. And then the only guy on the roster who really seems to need load management is Mike Conley. Now you have a guy who can take play that role. Yeah, and, and I think that, um, you know, there have been signs over the last couple of weeks that Mike Conley has looked a little bit tired on occasion. There have been mm-hmm. a, some uncharacteristically poor shooting nights. Uh, he's turned the ball over just a little bit more than he normally does. The all-star break, I think, will do him very well and give him just a little time to rest and, and kind of re-energize for the sprint to the playoffs that will happen afterward. Um, but, yeah, just to have a guy who can come in and then – you can you can either give Mike Conley an off night on a back to back or something like that, or at the very least, you don't have to play him thirty minutes a night. You can play him twenty four minutes, and 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 I think that will go a long way toward keeping Conley fresh for the playoffs as well because he's so important to what they do. So 
Uh, that's why they prioritized backup point guard over the shooter kind of role. Um, that uh, that was another need for them is they need they they felt that getting Conley some rest and not having to rely so much on him was was very important for them going forward here. Yeah, all makes great sense. How about Marcus Morris? Do you believe the rumors? Is he on his way to the Timberwolves? Well, I think, I mean, you have to believe the rumor because the rumor started from Pat Beverly. Right, who I know. Is, is, knows Marcus Morris really well. And so um, what, I can, what I can say is what Pat Bev said was that uh, he Marcus Morris is leaning toward signing with the Timberwolves. Now, there's a couple of things to make clear here. I am 100% sure that Pat Bev has talked to Marcus Morris and Marcus Morris has told him that he likes the Timberwolves option for him when he gets bought out from the San Antonio Spurs, that they are attractive to him and that he um, maybe might even be leaning toward them versus what other, other, other options are out there. Um, the, from the people that I talked to within the organization, I don't think any final decision has been made. First of all, Morris has not been bought out by the Spurs. He hasn't reached the market. So this is a little cart before the horse. But second of all, um, I, I was told that the Wolves will try and take the all-star break to really evaluate all of their options on the buyout market and see what the best path forward is. They have two more games against Portland. If they can win both of those games, go into the all-star break at, you know, 23 games over 500 um, and, and feeling really good about themselves, then they can really evaluate, take a breath and say, okay, what do they need? But uh, they definitely do have interest in Marcus Morris as a good spot up catch and shoot guy from three. He's a tough dude. Um, so you can see him uh, fitting in, in, in intense playoff environments. Sometimes uh, do I think he's going to, he would come in and be, an immediate, you know, 18 minute a night rotation guy. No, I do not think that, but I think that he would be a really nice addition from a shooting standpoint and a toughness standpoint for this team, just to give them one more option should they need it uh, down the stretch here and in the playoffs. So nothing's done, nothing is imminent, but I do think that there's a good chance that something like that could happen with Marcus Morris and the Wolves. Perception doesn't really matter. Uh, in the real world, but I, I just think Minnesotans are, you know, still have that little bit of an inferiority complex, especially Timberwolves fans, Minnesota sports fans. Does beating the Clippers resonate around the country, or is it just another Western Conference uh, battle that nobody pays much attention to? I mean, you know used, I, used, yeah. to, used to be if you beat the Lakers at the Forum, it really meant something, and the Clippers have been very good lately. Does this mean something? I think it does to people who follow the league closely. Um, you know, the, the Clippers have been the trendy pick right now. They they are everyone's favorite in the West for with the way that they have been playing. And so I think a performance like that uh, really does open some eyes to some uh, analysts, to some league observers who I think were frankly right to be looking at the wolves a little out of the side of their eye a little bit like hey why are they why do they keep giving up these leads in the fourth quarter are they are they really legitimate is this is this a team that is for real that is really ready to contend in the west or are we seeing them kind of fall back to earth a little bit but a couple of recent wins at Oklahoma City and certainly at 
the Clippers, I think does sort of change the narrative around them a little bit. Now, as which was something, one thing that was really telling Jim is Rudy Gobert in his um, interview with Leah B. Olson after the game on Bally Sports. Uh, you know, he he said a lot of good things about the performance, about everything that was going on. But at the end of the interview, he said, now we have to see how we handle success. And that's referring to these last two games before the All-Star break, after a big win on the road in L.A., playing a Portland team that is absolutely terrible. What are they going to do? And um, And so Rudy knows that this is a team that, in other versions of this season, in other parts of the last couple of seasons, they'd go to Portland and they'd split, or they'd go to Portland and they'd stub their toe somehow. And so we'll see just kind of how they respond both on Tuesday night and Thursday night going into the break against a terrible team that they should that they should handle. But no doubt, I think getting that win over the Clippers in the dominant fashion that they did is going to get some people's attention. Uh, or you know, talking around the league today as they're kind of reevaluating who is really to to be worried about in the Western Conference. They won at Oklahoma City recently. They won at Clippers recently. Uh, they haven't seen the Nuggets in a while. Which of those three teams right now do you think is the biggest threat to the Wolves in terms of winning, taking the number one seed? Yeah, I th- I still think you know, in certain in terms of the number one seed probably still the clippers cuz it does seem like you know they they are they're kicking everybody's butt except for the timberwolves and they do play uh the timberwolves again in LA in in March um but uh i i think that they match up well against other teams so in terms of just winning a bunch of games down the stretch it might be the clippers that that are that are going to do it or that are are going to be the biggest competition because i do think denver um is is playing like the champion they are in terms of they are not throwing every single thing they have into the regular season right now. They are they're kind of just doing what they need to do to be in that top four and and going playing with the confidence that once they get into the playoffs, no matter what seed they are, they're going to feel great about it. Um, Oklahoma City is it has leveled off just a tiny little bit. Um, and maybe Gordon Hayward Hayward will help kind of boost them back up again. But I'm I'm gonna say the Clippers in terms of the number one seed, in terms of the playoffs, in terms of who the Wolves would have to worry about in the West in the playoffs, I think it's still the Denver Nuggets. Like mm-hmm. I think you they are a great team that has championship pedigree now, that will know how to attack um all of these series. They have the best player in the world. And so that's going to be their biggest obstacle in the playoffs. But for the number one seed and home court advantage throughout the Western Conference playoffs, I think the Clippers might be the team that's going to be nipping at their heels the whole way. Which Western Conference team improved itself the most at the trade deadline? Uh, I like what Dallas did yeah. um, a lot. I mean, you know, that that was a team that you were kind of looking at and saying, man, maybe they're just, you know, um, going to be moving around and, and and stuck around languishing around in that play in tournament type of a type of an area. And maybe they still will with the depth of the conference, but adding Daniel Gafford, adding PJ Washington, two players that really upgrade spots that they needed upgrading. Um, and they look, they look really good since, since bringing those guys in. 
uh, with Luca, with Kyrie. Um, now, all of a sudden, with those guys, I feel like they're a team that needs to be watched and needs to be concerned about. Whereas before those deals, I honestly was not all that concerned about them um, in, in terms of what they could do in a playoffs um, in, in the West, just because I didn't think they had enough talent around Luka and Kyrie. Now adding those guys were great fits, great hustle guys. Um, I think that makes them a real factor in the West. How's Amir Coffey's uh, career going right now? It's really uh, taken a step in the right direction, Jim. Um, you know, he, I think that for the first couple of years of his career, it was just like, okay, is this another one of those tweener position guys who doesn't really have um, a, a, a position in the league and is more of a G League, you know, good uh, college player? But he has really taken a huge leap this year with the Clippers. He's playing 18 minutes a game for them. He's shooting 44% from three, which is enormous, um, a, a huge improvement. And he's just a guy who can, who's long, who can switch like they want to switch, who can guard multiple positions, um, can get to the, to the bucket in transition, has really carved out a nice role for himself and the second unit with the Clippers. And I heard some chatter over the trade deadline that, um, you know, the Clippers looked at other options to upgrade their roster, especially on the bench. And they, they ultimately, you know, kind of decided that, Hey, Amir coffee has been good enough. We don't need to upgrade that spot. And so they stuck with coffee. He's going to get minutes down the stretch. He's going to get minutes in the playoffs. And I think he is earning himself a real NBA career as a rotation player. And that was not you know, uh, a given just a couple of years ago. Wow. Uh, interesting. Uh, I mean, I always liked him as a college player. I just didn't know how he was going to fit in the pros, but he's got, you know, he's got length. And with that length, if he can handle and shoot, I mean, everybody, I mean, he's going to have a role someplace. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the whole key for him is if this shooting from three, now he's not shooting high volume. He was only taking two a game, but right. if he can knock those down consistently, at a 40 to 43% clip, that changes everything for him. He shot 27% last season, shot 38% as a, a couple of years ago, which was good. Um, so he's got to be cons as consistent as possible with that shot because he is long enough that um, he's kind of that, that uh, type of player that every team is looking for. Uh, 6'8", long arms, can can move really well and and if he's shooting at a high level that just really kind of cements him as a rotation type player in this league because those are the kinds of players that are really hard to find and once you sh once you stab yourself that way you're going to have people banging down your door to keep you either there or or to bring you somewhere else where, where you can help a team Continues to be a fascinating and fun season. Uh, I, I look forward to watching these games. Uh, it's it's a fun team. We're going to keep talking about it here at the John Krasinski Show. We appreciate you listening. Let's get a final thought from John on anything he likes. Once again, this is the John Krasinski Show coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studios. And we want to thank Defined Destinations, TSR Injury Law, Head Flyer Brewing, and Shepherd Goods and Lamb Chops Clothing Line. All right, John, final thought. Yep, we'll wrap up, Jim, with what we, we're going to start doing more and more um, with uh, Shepherd Good and Lamb Chops coming on to the show as a new sponsor is 
every every week I'm going to put a uh, prompt out on Twitter um, and ask for your Wolves questions. And whoever gets selected is going to get a free beanie from SG Lamb Chops. A reminder, go to sglambchops.com and use the promo code John K J O N K 20 for 20% off at uh, 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 all their clothing, all their goods at sglambchops.com. But the this week's um, uh, question comes from at Daryl F. Johnston, and he says, how can it be that all of our blown leads have been to mediocre, if not sub-500 teams, while we consistently can finish out games against teams people consider serious contenders? And this gets to what we kind of talked about with Jaden McDaniels earlier in this podcast, Jim, is I do see an increase in focus, an increase in intensity, and an increase in defense from Jaden McDaniels against high-quality competition that I do not see when they play the Charlottes of the world, the San Antonios of the world. And he is one of the X factors for this team in terms of turning it from um, a good team into a potentially great team. When they play teams like the Clippers, Jaden McDaniels is getting after Kawhi Leonard and he is getting in the passing lanes. He is creating turnovers. He's getting out in transition, scoring and locking people down. When they play against, uh, yeah, against Charlotte, he is relaxing. He is not bringing that intensity. It is not as difficult for opponents to score defensively. And so, um, the Wolves do not have that same edge. And so I think if that could bode well for the playoffs because he could, you know, just be locked in all the time with the high leverage games. But if he can kind of gain more consistency in his approach night in and night out, that will go a long way toward evening out sort of the highs and the lows that the Wolves have experienced lately when it comes to giving away big leads against inferior competition when Jaden McDaniels shows up they are a different team and he always shows up against the best team so that's one of the big keys and answers to your question I think good stuff thank you John thank you Brandon uh, this is gonna be a blast watch this team the rest of the way uh, check out talkdork.com for shows on the Vikings twins uh, wild gophers everything else uh, we appreciate you listening we'll talk to you next week